0: Today's reading is Habakkuk chapter 1 and chapter 2, verse 1. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife, and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails the wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people, who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a lord themselves, and promote their own honour their horses are swifter than leopards fiercer than wolves at dusk their cavalry gallops headlong and their horsemen come from afar they fly like an eagle swooping to devour they all come intent on violence their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand they mock kings and scoff at rulers they laugh at all forfeited cities by building earthen ramps they capture them then they sweep past like the wind and go on guilty people whose own strength is their God. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet, and so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet. For by his net he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me, and what answer I am to give this complaint.
1: a quick prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we ask that as we look at uh, these ancient words, that uh, you would speak them afresh to us, that we'd understand what Habakkuk was all about, and learn from your prophet about how to relate to you what we should be doing in response to the suffering, the injustice that we see as we experience our lives, as well as the personal pain that we have to go through. Please lead us and teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why don't you do something, God? Ever felt like that? I'm assuming 100% of us have. Ever said something like that? Again, I'm assuming we all have. Either about a situation you were facing, or someone you love was facing, or else the world around was facing. So on September the 11th, 2001, as we watched the images of planes flying into the um, World Trade Center... This was the book of the Bible I found myself drawn to, and as I struggled to find words, this is where I found that someone else had prayed out of what they were feeling, and it was a bit like what I was feeling, and it gave voice and to my questions and the cry of my heart to pray with Habakkuk. How long, Lord? It's a small book that you may need to use the index to find if you're not familiar with where it is, but it's worth reading and rereading. We know very little about Habakkuk the man, but from the book we can say he was prophesying somewhere around 600 BC, as the Babylonians are emerging as a force to be reckoned with. They're not yet at the peak of their powers, they haven't yet conquered Jerusalem, but it's not long until they will. Habakkuk looks around and surveys the state of his nation. He says, if you look down to verses two and three, as I do that, I see evil all around me, violence, verse two, injustice, verse three, wrongdoing, destruction, strife, conflict. And he doesn't just do the ancient version of Twitter or even stand for election, although he may have done both of those as well, whatever the ancient version was. But Habakkuk takes it right to the top as he cries out to Almighty God, And he says, why, and how long, and what is going on here? He agonises, he wrestles with God. How long, Lord, must I pray like this? It looks for all the world like you do not listen, and you simply tolerate wrongdoing. That's what he's saying in verses 2 to 4, this prayer. It's Bible prayer. Something happens to us, something happens to our family, our friends, to our society, to the world, like 9-11. And the believer comes to God with it. Our hearts cry out for justice and the example of Habakkuk is take all of it, take everything you're feeling, the frustration, the pain, the anguish, the questions, the grief, take it to God. Pour it out in prayer. Christians often emphasise the way that faith in Jesus brings great comfort, and it does. But we mustn't overrate that. Because faith in Jesus also raises lots of questions. Our message is not, believe in Jesus and everything will make perfect sense. Both believers and unbelievers experience this world including all the distress and all the suffering of this world and believers have the added spiritual distress of these kinds of questions of lord why don't you how do you allow this to happen to your church to your world to the people of our country of ukraine why aren't you doing something why aren't you doing more and asking those questions pouring that out to god is what it is to have faith in him and somehow God weaves our prayers into his plans and purposes as he works them out in the world. So it's as Habakkuk is crying out and complaining that nothing seems to change, that verse 5, all of a sudden, God responds and explains, I know what's going on. I've got a plan. I'm going to do something utterly hair-raising. Verse 6, sending... The ruthless, lawless, self glorifying Babylonians who are going to destroy everything in their path. And if you skim through verses 6 to 11, you can imagine Hollywood doing the CGI for it, can't you? Horses swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves, cavalry galloping headlong. I don't know whether anyone's at the changing of the, uh, the um, trooping of the colour. I mean, it's a magnificent, um, uh, it's a magnificent, but imagine facing cavalry galloping in anger sweeping everything before it destroying everything standing up to it that was what the babylonian empire was like in its heyday and god says that's what's coming to israel habakkuk well if he had a problem beforehand he's definitely got a problem now sure his people were doing evil things But the Babylonians, they were so much worse, so much, just off the scale, more violent, more corrupt, treating people like animals, verse 15, gathering them up like fish in a net. They devour nations and people in order to build their empire. And then verse 11, they worship their own military power. This would be a little bit like the concern that we, I'm sure 100% of this room have about knife crime in London and youth violence. And praying to God earnestly about that together. And then getting an answer from God, don't worry. Once the Russians have finished doing what they're gonna do in Ukraine, they will keep on moving through Europe and they will arrive in London and then there'll be no more knife crime. And we'd be saying and feeling what Habakkuk is here, what, how is that? any kind of answer to my prayer and my longing. And this is where we really learn from Habakkuk about prayer. Because what he does next in sort of verses 12 to 13, he argues with God on the basis of who God is. He says, well, you're the Holy One. Your eyes are too pure to even look at evil. He takes what he knows of God he wrestles with God, appealing to God to act according to who God is. That's prayer. Not just, please, Lord, it's raining and it's cold. Please, would the bus come soon? I mean, that's also prayer. But this is deep, raw, real prayer. This is what we should all do when we're in pain. When our hearts cry out for justice. This is praying, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I remember being at a conference um, a while back uh, where a retired missionary was leading us all in prayer. I can't remember the situation we were praying about, but I can so remember what he said. As As he prayed and led us, he said, Lord, this does not look good on you. And he carried on leading us in prayer. Lord, this does not look good on you. Appealing to God to act according to what we know of God. And I can remember thinking, gosh, there's a man who knows the Lord. There's a man who knows what it is to pray and wrestle with God. So this is perhaps the biggest thing to take away from Habakkuk chapter one. The permission, the example of really deeply praying and wrestling with God on the basis both of our situation and of what we know of him and bringing those two things together is what Jesus himself did when he died on the cross. You remember him crying out in the words of Psalm 22, um, my God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? It wasn't that he didn't know the answer. He knew why. He was taking on himself the wrongdoing of the world and of you and of me. That's why God turned his face away from his beloved son. But Jesus still prayed it, cried it. And in doing so, he he, he was trusting in God. And also, he was doing the only thing you can do with that kind of agony, that kind of pain, which is to put yourself in the hands of the only one who could possibly do anything about it and what it means is that we don't become atheists in the face of suffering and injustice we rather cry out to the god who is good even when we don't understand and the god who somehow weaves our prayers into his plans one more thing for this week to take from habakkuk chapter one and that is the way that this really affirms that God is in charge of world affairs, uh, despite sometimes appearances to the contrary. He is working in human history. That's the implication, if you look down again to verse 6, of what he says there, that that actually God says, I am raising up the Babylonians. They don't recognise him as God. Verse 11 and verse 16, they worship their own power, give themselves credit for their rapid rise. But behind the scenes, it's God who has said, this next season is one of judgment. And so I am going to raise up this ruthless and impetuous people to carry out that judgment. How should that make us feel? Well, for starters like wrestling with God in prayer, but for the Israelites who first heard this from the prophet, when they were defeated and their land was devastated, they could easily have felt, well, God has forsaken us. That, or, or maybe the God we thought, we thought was real, we did believe him because our parents taught us about him. Maybe he isn't real after all. They they could have concluded all of that. They must have felt some of that. But knowing that it was God who raised up the Babylonians meant that they knew that he was still in control in spite of all of that. They could still trust him and his promises that the nation would be restored after the exile even though for the season that they would have to live through he was giving them over to what sin and and wickedness deserve so how should you and i feel when we face tragedy or illness or when we watch the latest news bulletin of what happens what's happening in ukraine or when covid sweeps the world or when our nation faces crisis, or when the church worldwide faces enormous challenges, knowing that God is the one who raises up and brings down, means that even though we don't understand all the details, we know that these things are not random, he hasn't stopped loving us, he hasn't forgotten us, even when he's humbling us. The section today we read to, we sneaked into chapter two, verse one, because that ends with Habakkuk waiting for an answer. He stands watch like a sentry on Jerusalem's walls and he says, I'm not going anywhere. The answer's coming over the next couple of weeks as we read on. It's a short book. Why not read it through? Or if you've got it on the, the app on your phone, you can listen to it, uh, which is um, something I do quite regularly. We're going to leave it there with Habakkuk standing on the wall.